0: I'm amazed at the stories of forgiveness that uh, we are hearing out of the church in South Carolina, uh, Emanuel African Methodist Church. And you know that the AME movement started because the Methodist movement would not allow slaves uh, into their congregation. Uh, That's not biblical. Uh, They know that. Uh, Hopefully they've repented of that. I'm sure they have, but that was a long time ago. And so these slaves said, well, if we, if we can't be Methodists, then we'll be African Methodist. And they started the AME Church. And uh, uh, I am amazed in this particular church, which maybe you've heard has such a rich, rich history, at the stories of forgiveness that have already been going forth. Um, people, days later, as the murderer was on a screen addressing him, and being truthful about their loss, um, one young lady said, I will never be able to hold her again, but I forgive you. I can't imagine that. Two days later, addressing the murderer of your mom, your dad, maybe even your child, and expressing forgiveness. This is an incredibly tragic thing. I would like to add... That this sort of thing happens all the time in Middle Eastern nations and other places where there are oppressive Islamic regimes, ISIS and whatnot. And that's bad. When it hits home, it's bad because it's in our neighborhood. Um, but I am amazed at the word of forgiveness. Nobody coached these people in that. I promise you that. Uh... God's on the move. I'm not saying this was a God thing. This is a terrible, tragic thing. But God's on the move in the midst of it. And I want to say this to begin our message this morning. I don't know anything about your father. I don't know anything about your dad. I don't know if he was there or if he wasn't there. Jonathan, you know, mentioned some things. I I don't know. I don't know. But I will say this, that if a bunch of people can forgive a man, a boy, two days after he murdered their loved one, wow. Today, if you have maybe even for years, and I'm uh, I'm not even saying you might be justified in your hatred or your bitterness towards your father who maybe wasn't there or abandon you, or whatever the case is. As Jonathan mentioned, this is a sensitive time for folks, Father's Day. It's a double-edged sword for many of us. However, let the example of South Carolina be something that, that leads you on a path of forgiveness to your father if you haven't already forgiven him, whether he is around or not. There's something very powerful about letting go Not pretending what happened didn't happen, but forgiving those that harmed you. It was not your fault for some of the things that you experienced. Uh, You didn't pick your father. I didn't pick my dad. Uh, I searched to find a picture of him. I have this really cool military picture of him. He's sharp as a tack. And he was an incredible soldier. Not so much as a dad. Not so much. And it was a long process of of God working in my heart to forgive my father uh, who died when I was 12 years old of cirrhosis of the liver Um, he was an alcoholic he died in a chair in Fort Sill, Oklahoma 21 years of service three tours of duty and died in a chair in Fort Sill, Oklahoma one month after being discharged how many of you know I could have been a psychiatrist dream, <laughs> dream client, <laughs> but God is good. We're going to pray, and we're going we're gonna to honor dads today. We're going to honor you fathers, all y'all, and um, hopefully encourage you and challenge you as well. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for for this day. Thank you for... This time, thank you for the season, God, we uh, recognize that, um, that there are people, there's a community and a state and a nation that's grieving, uh, and um, Father, we want to bear their burdens, and Lord, um, we understand that, that all the political pundits are giving their explanation on what needs to happen in America we understand racial division and socioeconomic division, and we understand even religious division within the body of Christ. We understand all that, Lord, but we know that at the heart of the issue is the heart of man. That, Lord, you could have gun laws to the nth degree, and it will not change a heart. But, Lord, we're here this morning that we might be changed. We say, Lord Jesus, start with us and continue with us. Give us grace and mercy and strength. We need it. We love you. Um, We're thankful that we can, among all the names that we can call you, we can call you Abba, Father, Daddy. Thank you for allowing us that privilege. And we look to you this morning, Lord, you strengthen your people, strengthen those that are that are downcast and those that 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 are hurting inside whether they exhibit that on the outside or not and we thank you for your forgiveness lord and we understand that we would never ever ever have to forgive anyone as much as you have already forgiven us and so let that strengthen us this day we love you thank you for your great plans thank you for your mercy poured out in this place in jesus name and everyone said Amen. Give someone a high five and have a seat if you would, please. (laughs) Here we go. (laughs) Mm. Thank you. Where's Miss Jit? Thank you, Miss Jit. She's the best. This is awesome. Wow. She is piling up rewards in heaven. Well, no doubt, fatherhood has taken a beating in America. I don't know about other places, but in this country right here, fatherhood has taken a beating. Listen, anybody can father a child, but it takes a real man to be a daddy. Can you say amen? Come on. Any man can father a child, but it takes a real man to be a daddy. We are in short supply of daddies in our nation. I think you're probably familiar with many of the statistics. I just have a couple to share with you. Studies of young criminals have found that more than 70% of all juveniles in reform institutions come from fatherless homes, 70%. Children from broken families are nearly twice as likely as those in two-parent families to drop out of school, according to Dr. Harold White in his uh, writings on fatherhood. According to Dr. T. Barry Brazelin, a father's involvement with a child increases the child's IQ, the child's motivation to learn, the child's self-confidence, and in addition to that, children with involved dads are more likely to develop a sense of humor as well as an inner excitement. Did you know that? Just by being involved in your children's lives, dad, you can help their inner excitement, as if they're not excited enough, right? I know you're wishing you had some of that excitement. Have you seen the recent television ad, which is all over ESPN. You can't even read an article on ESPN without this commercial coming up. I'm not going to show it because I don't give it, I don't want to, I don't want to give it the pleasure, the honor of being on our screens. Wells Fargo, there are two women who are learning some basic sign language phrases. They're excited about what's going to happen in their life and they seem to be very close and you really don't know what's going on until the end. Fast forward to a scene where they're adopting a little girl, and the line is, quote, Everyone works hard for a reason. Working together, we can help you prepare financially for when two becomes three. These are two lesbian women that are adopting a child that is a special needs child, and they are learning sign language. And there are many, many things that Wells Fargo has taken out. That's, that's their worldview. I'm not, I'm not surprised by a secular bank or any other agency that would put out an a article or an uh, advertisement like that. I'm not surprised at all because their bottom line is market share. And if that commercial would have seriously affected their market share and their bottom line, they would not have shown it because that's what it's all about. So obviously they're wanting to make a statement. They have made their statement. And here's among many things, their statement is that we don't care about God's design. God has a design. This is his purpose. One man, one woman for life. That's his design. Okay? And that commercial mocks his creative order. Take it to the nth degree, and if truth is truth, it should be true for everyone. And if everyone were homosexual, everyone human beings would cease to cre- be created. They would be. And so it's not a, a, a uh, uh, hatred against the individual or against Wells Fargo, but it's saying this is just not God's design. It's not his order. And among other things they're saying in their commercial is this, who needs dads? Who needs dads? Two women are more than capable of raising children. Let me just say very quickly that manhood is not something that's taught. It's caught. And a mom, I grew up with a single mother. I know all about it. You want to talk about it? We can talk about it. Okay? And I grew up with a father who was absent in the house, even when he was in the house. Okay? A woman, a mother, can teach many virtuous things to her son. He cannot teach him how to be a man. That is caught from other men not taught every boy needs to have a man in his life one of the ways that a man that a boy learns how to love his wife is by watching his daddy love his mom one of the way that ways that a young lady begins to learn what to expect from the man that she will one day marry not a boyfriend but the man that she will one day marry is by watching the way that his father loves his wife Don't tell me you don't need dads. I'm sorry for your hurt and your pain. I'm sorry that you believe that dads are irrelevant. That's not God's design. That's not God's plan. If you would, turn in your Bibles to Psalm chapter 128. This is a song of ascents. As the children of Israel were making their pilgrimages up to Jerusalem... And they start from the Dead Sea in that hot, arid, dry place and, 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 and that, that low sea level. And, and then they'd make their way up, up the mountains. They're sending up, up the hills. And there's a whole sist- set of psalms that they would begin to recite and they would begin to say. And Psalm 128 is one of those. <clears throat> it repeats a common theme that's in the scripture. And that is that God has a very high regard for dads. Why? Because earthly fathers are the model of our relationship with God, our heavenly father. One man put it this way. He said, God loves fathers because he is one. Here's a couple of Bible facts that I got off the Internet. I assume that they're true because people do research on it. You know, you, you know, I mean, this is off of a Christian site. and I think, OK, these are interesting stats. I think they're true. You know, I didn't do the research, but I think they are. Jesus traveled and taught for three years. That's true. There are about 110 pages in the Bible dedicated to his ministry and his message. We have approximately 25,000 words that Jesus spoke uh, that are recorded in the Bible. And of those 25,000 words, Jesus taught about the Father in heaven at least 181 times. That means one out of every 140 words Jesus was speaking about his father in heaven his central message and purpose was to restore us to a relationship with our daddy in heaven. Matthew chapter 6 verse 26 says this, look at the birds in the air consider the birds of the sky. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns and yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? How about Matthew chapter 18, verse 12 through 14 that says, What do you think if a man owns a hundred sheep and one of them wanders away, will he not leave the ninety-nine on the hills and go to look for the one that wandered off? And if he finds it, I tell you the truth, he is happier about that one sheep than about the ninety-nine that did not wander off. In the same way, your Father in heaven is not willing that any of these little ones should be lost. Psalm chapter 128, you know what, I got this little Bible app up here, and I mean, I had it all set to go, there it is. Um, God tells earthly fathers that he wants to bless their families and make them strong. He wants to make homes safe and vibrant, and he's telling fathers in this psalm that there are some things that they can do to ensure that, and so, dads... Fathers, fathers to be, one day. See, one of the things that I think that we really, really need are young men who understand the value of fatherhood and understand the importance of biblical fatherhood. Any, 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 any man can father a child, but it takes a real man to be a daddy. Psalm chapter one twenty-eight, verse one through six. I'm reading out of the Amplified Bible. It says, Bless, "Blessed," which means. "'Happy, fortunate, to be envied, is everyone who fears, reveres, and worships the Lord, who walks in his ways and lives according to his commandments. For you shall eat the fruit of the labor of your hands. Happy, blessed, fortunate, enviable shall you be, and it shall be well with you. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the innermost parts of your house. Your children shall be like olive plants rooted around your table.' Behold, thus shall the man be blessed who reverently and worshipfully fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you out of Zion, his sanctuary, and may you see the prosperity of Jerusalem all the days of your life. Yes, may you see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. Now remember, these are songs that the people would sing as they make their way up the up the mountain to jerusalem and there's at least when we were making our trip up there you make a certain turn and 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 thinking about the song of ascents and thinking about this pilgrimage that they would make there was this exuberation and this excitement because they were going to meet with their god in jerusalem Uh, and it was a festive time it was a party time and and at first maybe the journey was hard and difficult and man this is like the this is, uh, you know, why are we doing this? But the closer they got, the more exciting there was. And there's something about seeing Jerusalem. And when you make that final turn, and there it is, and it's just, it's breathtaking. There's no other city like it in the world. It is absolutely breathtaking. It's amazing. And this is what one of the psalms that they would sing on their way out. But what can we learn from this? And there's truth here. You know, uh, ladies, you might be thinking, well, I'm not a father, uh, so why am I here? No, there's tr- God's word is truth. And anytime someone speaks God's word, there's something you can get out of it if your ears are open, okay? So here's the first thing. His fear we see. Here's the, the, the man who wants his household to be blessed is his fear. And it says, blessed is he who fears the Lord. Now, I know that there are guys, when you talk about fear, you know, there are some guys... You know, and they're pretty bad guys. And I know some guys are real tough guys, and I, I get that. And guys are like, well, man, I don't fear anything. And it's like, you know what, man? I bet you, I bet you there are things that you would fear. I bet you if you swam out in the ocean a little bit further than you should have swam, and you see a shark fin circling you, you're going to have fear. I mean, come on. Right? I mean, I don't fear anything. Yes, you do. Come on. I mean, I mean it's okay to fear. God gave us that emotion. Blessed is he who fears the Lord. Psalm 147.11 11 says, The Lord takes pleasure in them that fear him, in those that hope in his mercy. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Fear not appears 75 times in the Old Testament, and it's always in regards to temporal circumstances. God's people are taught not to fear, but they are taught to fear him. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. That doesn't mean that we don't fear God. It says in Psalm 34.10, Come ye children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. The essence of the law, you might not know this, in Deuteronomy 10.12 says, And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in His ways, and to love Him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and to keep the commandments of the Lord and his statutes, which I command for you today. Now, there's some really good examples in the New Testament of people that really fear the Lord. You may not link the actions that they did to fear, but the Bible tells us this. Hebrews eleven seven says this. Now, you know this, but I want to show you where fear comes in. By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly what? And then what did he do? He prepared an ark for the saving of his household. Did you know that one of the motivating factors of Noah to build the ark was not just obedience to God, a part of that was his fear of the Lord? Oh, that's good. Genesis 22, and he said, You know this story, Abraham, Isaac on Mount Moriah? He says, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything for him for I know now I know that you fear God since you did not uh, have not withheld your son your only son from one of the reasons why Abraham was willing to take that journey up that mountain and offer his son who was much stronger than him at that point onto an altar and be willing to sacrifice him to the Lord was out of his obedience to the Lord and out of his fear of the Lord okay Jeremiah chapter 5 says this, speaking of a children and a nation that has walked away from God. Verse 23 says, hear this now, O foolish people without understanding, who have eyes and not see, who have ears and, and hear not. Do you not fear me, says the Lord? Will you not tremble at my presence? Your iniquities. Further on, he says, Uh, Verse 24, uh, they do not say in their heart, let us now fear the Lord, our God, who gives rain both to the former and the latter in its season. He reserves for us the appointed weeks of the harvest. Your iniquities have turned these things away and your sins have withheld God from you. There's a withholding that happens to a nation when they walk away from the fear of God. I think I think we should instill a very generous and healthy fear of God in our young people. I think we should model what it is to walk in the fear of the Lord. I think there are a lot of people who have no relationship with God because they don't fear Him. Maybe they don't know Him. I understand that, been there. But those in the body of Christ, if we led the way in fearing God, there might just be a revival in our midst. And so if you want to be a blessing in your family, dads, fear the lord let that be an example and then it goes on and says his daily life or his walk you know that the the walk the journey that we have with christ is not a sprint it's not a hundred meter dash it's a walk it's a journey it, it, it it's it's a t- there's time involved it's one foot in front of the other there's good days there's bad days there's There's days that are insignificant days that are days that are significant days. But in the long run, it's a walk. It's a journey. Sometimes we think, oh, my gosh, we should have these incredibly spiritual highs. And, you know, like we always want to be on the mountaintop. And there's nothing wrong with that because we don't have to go to the mountaintop to be on the mountaintop. Yeah, we had an awesome time at our men's retreat. But if we're looking forward to the men's retreat every year as our spiritual uh, uh, steroid, that is not going to work. That's not going to work because it comes... Not so much on the mountain, that's a part of it, but it comes in our daily walk. Walk. He walks in His ways, the psalmist says. The Bible talks a lot about how we walk. We're to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord. Blessed is he who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked. We're to walk before Him. We're to walk in His ways. We're to walk in His laws. God has always wanted to walk with his people. Back in Genesis, it says that he used to walk with Adam and Eve in the cool, cool of the day. He's always wanted to walk with his people. And that's really not the problem as much. I think maybe more so the problem is we don't take the time to walk with him. I think, I think that's, that's my issue. Fathers who want God's blessing in their homes have to decide if they're going to take the time to walk with God to not be a human doing but to be a human being to be a spiritual person that doesn't just check in with god but has a relationship to let the life of jesus be lived through you to recognize that he causes you both to will and to do his good pleasure then my walk with christ isn't just church hey man I walk with God, man, every Sunday, 8.30, I'm there, I got my seat, I'm there, man. Dad, yeah, okay, you know, we, we applaud you for that. I mean, there's a lot of other things you could be doing, you know. You could be at home watching golf or something, you know. Praise God for TiVo or recording, I don't even know what they call it now, but. Your walk with the Lord, it's a 24 /7 continuum. Wherever you go, whatever you do, to live in the dimension of the spirit means that you are constantly, always connected with Him, not just when you do spiritual things. Sorry about that thump. <laughs> just we've instructed the sound people. 20 minutes into the message to thump the sound just to make sure you guys are awake. Walk. What does it look like? Every day. Grinding it out. How you react to things. How you live your life. Folks, if Christianity doesn't... Period. If, if a relationship with Jesus doesn't work in our homes. It don't work at all. And may I add to you, it starts in the home. It doesn't start here. It starts in the home. I submit to you that the number one problem we have in America is fatherlessness. Linked with fathers who are not godly fathers. I submit to you that is our number one problem it's fatherlessness linked with fathers who love god if you don't if you if you're a if you're a father and you're in your home you get props for that but you have no basis for value and virtue you have no basis for saying son don't do that Daughter, don't go there. Don't be with that person. Why? Just because. Well, there's. Well, why, Dad? Ah, oh, because God's Word says this is not good. This is not how you live your life. We did not, you've seen it in our lives. This is not something that we didn't illustrate or try to illustrate in your life every day. See, so when you link virtue and values with the person of Jesus, then you have something to connect to. It's not just, well, let's just do it because it's the right, it's not the right thing to do, it's the God thing to do. There's a difference between the two fatherlessness. You can't tell me that these young men running the streets shooting and looting would be doing this if they had daddies at home who loved them and who were godly men. You can't tell me that. You can't tell me that. Now, I understand every young man, every young woman has to make their own decision. I get it. It's the same for those kids as it is for my kids. But you can't tell me these prisons would be filled with men there are men in boys' bodies because they do not consider themselves responsible to anything but concrete authority. You can't tell me if they grew up and maybe, they, you gotta pay your, you gotta, you do the crime, you gotta pay the time. But you can't tell me if there was a daddy at home who loved them and who cared about them and who grabbed their little bitty old nappy head when they were little boys and say, listen son, we don't do this. I'm here and I'm telling you that this is not God's way. And I'm not going to, I love you and I care about you. I'm not going to let you continue this way. Can't tell me that. Fatherlessness. And the lack of biblical father. Modeling before their, fa- their families. Getting caught having devotion, fam- devotion time. Leading your family in, 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 in devotion time, in prayer, in fellowship. Making God's agenda the top priority in your family, not sports. Not your hobby. Nothing wrong with that. Trust me. Nothing wrong with that. This man fears the Lord. He wants to bless his family. This man walks in the ways of the Lord. He wants to bless his family. And his presence. Notice where these things take place. Verse 3. Your wife shall be like a fruitful vine in the innermost parts of your house. Your children shall be like olive plants around your table. The house and the table. There's some cool conversations that happen around the table. Uh, well, well, yeah. We need to eat around the table a whole lot more than we do. This kid's over, gone over here, and this this parent's over here, and one or two, you know. Hey, oh, hey, uh, check in, everyone. Hey, text me, you know. Oh, oh, you know what? Sit down and eat, son. Sit down. We need to eat around the table a little bit more. Uh, this man is present within your house, around your table. Too many men find their greatest joys in work, in recreation, in their possessions, or in their sports. And they give the best that they have outside of the home, and they come home, and there's nothing left. Now, I get it. We're breadwinners. The Bible tells us to take care of our families. That's our. You're, we have to do that. You don't get any points for taking care of your family. That's your obligation. Okay? That's the minimum, right? We have to do that. And there's nothing wrong with having recreation time. There isn't. There's nothing wrong with sitting down and watching the NBA play, playoffs. And I know my wife is glad they're over, but you know, she's glad they're over. It's only seven games once a year. Not not including the NC two A playoffs and not the nfl playoff playoffs and i know y'all thinking about the sport you love right yeah what about golf you didn't mention golf dude you know i don't know i there's nothing wrong with that there's balance there's nothing particularly wrong with having possessions but we need to realize the lure of those things our job, our recreation, our possessions can distract us from the priority of our homes and our families. William Wilman told about a Sunday school class where they were studying about Jesus being tempted in the wilderness. And the teacher asked, well, how are you tempted today? One young salesman was the first to speak and he said, well, I was tempted recently when, to me, temptation is when your boss calls you as mine did yesterday and says, I'm going to give you a real opportunity I'm going to expand your sales territory. We believe in you, young man, and you're going places. And he says, but I don't want a bigger sales territory. And the boss says, I'm already uh, uh, away. He says, I'm already away from home four nights a week, and it wouldn't be fair to my wife and my daughter. Look, his boss replied, we're asking you to do this for your wife and your daughter. Don't you want to be a good father? It takes money to support a family these days. Sure, your little girl doesn't make much money now, but think of the future. Think of her future. I'm only asking you to do this for them. The young man paused and then told the class, now that's temptation. (laughs) In order to have a God-blessed home, fathers need to be intentional about making God a priority in the home. In the home. We say this again and again and again, folks. It's the truth. It is not our responsibility to raise your children in the ways of the Lord. Sorry, it's not the absolute greatest youth pastor in the world, if he thinks that's his job, he has failed. It's not. It's a part of it. We come alongside you. It's not our responsibility. You can't expect the church to train your kids in an hour and a half what you can't do all week long or won't do all week long. May I say, dads, you have that responsibility on your shoulders to bring up your child in the admonition of the Lord to raise your child in the way in the ways of the Lord lastly his teaching 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 verse 11 says as you know how we exhorted and comf- uh, comforted and charged every one of you as a father does his own children that you would walk worthy of God who calls you into his own kingdom and glory Ephesians 4 says this says fathers do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to resentment, but rear them tenderly in the training and discipline and the counsel and admonition of the Lord. Ephesians four four in the Amplified Bible. I'm going to read it again to you dads. Fathers, do not irritate and provoke your children to anger. Do not exasperate them to resentment because you know what? If they resent you, they may resent God. But rear them tenderly. Every man, every father in here or father-to-be, say this word with me, tenderly. Oh, that was weak, y'all. That was weak. I was like, "Tenderly." tenderly. You don't have to say it. Yeah. Uh, Let let me, uh, everybody say, men, fathers, fathers to be, say this word, tenderly. That was better, that was better. That's how you raise them. In the training and discipline and the counsel and admonition. Training, discipline, counsel, and admonition of the Lord. Training, discipline, counsel, and admonition of the Lord. (laughs) Wow, you do not have a theological. Oh, there goes the door. Toink. (laughs) Toink. That was another thing just to make sure you guys are awake you know you might want to lock that joe thank you bro all right let me wrap it up here okay um i think men fathers i think we get beat up pretty bad i think we do i think our nation's trying to redefine what what a family is Uh, i think that If you want to reach a family, you reach a man, you reach a father. Reach a mom too. But you reach a father, you reach a family. Let me just conclude with a few things. You know what? It's not too late. It's not too late. Because there's some here who might be thinking, man, I've messed this thing up so bad, my kids won't even talk to me. Okay, you need a miracle. And we know a God who calls himself God the Father who understands that relationship is severed or broken or you're wounded and fractured, he gets that. Fathers, it's not too late, it's not too late. Uh, pray and ask God to restore that relationship. Fathers, let me say something to you that I said at our, uh, on Mother's Day, you are not the perfect I said, mom's for them. Dad, you're not. You're not the perfect dad. You're not always going to get it right. And there's mistakes. There's mistakes I've made as a parent that I, I am, if I let it, it would just beat me up. It would beat me up. It would. I, I just can't let it. I can't let it. Um, there is one thing you can do. Um, because fatherhood is a heavy burden it ain't easy regardless of the age of your children they're always your children you strive you 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 try your hardest sometimes it's not appreciated sometimes it is maybe you have that wound that your own father gave you and you feel like man I passed it on it's okay God understands that I'll tell you what you can do now I brought an illustration here and I hope this is okay um, I didn't know if you were aware that grapes grow in Las Vegas um, and they grow like weeds it's amazing you can't kill them you can't um, um, <clears throat> these grapes are off of our, our vine in our backyard and they are good oh wow perfect perfect <sighs> and um, sweet You know, um, we got so many grapes we don't know what to do with. I know what you're thinking. Well, where are they? I'm sorry. (laughs) I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I know you're thinking that. What I thought was, I can't bring possibly bring enough for everyone, so I didn't bring any for you. (laughs) But I want to say this, dads. You are the vine. We are the branches. He is the vine. This, these grape clusters, they, they don't have any problem producing fruit, good fruit. Jesus said, I'll look up afterwards. Jesus said, remain in me and I in you. And you will what? Produce much fruit. fatherhood is not easy. If you don't stay abiding in the vine, in the branch, you, won't pr- it, you can't do it. The life that this grape needs doesn't come from itself. It comes from the branches. And it comes from the roots. And it comes from life flowing through it. You can do it, gentlemen. You can do it. You can do it by Leaning on God, letting the life of Jesus flow through you, asking God, begging God. I think it was Hillary Clinton years ago who said it takes a village to raise our people. Uh, I disagree. Have you seen the village people? It takes mom and dad and the Holy Spirit and God's word to raise children. Amen. All right. Now, I know what you're also saying. Great. My dad was horrible. My dad was a train wreck. My dad wasn't even there. You might even say, I don't even know who my dad was. (sighs) That's hard. I'm sorry for that. As As a dad, Let me stand in the place of your Father and say I'm sorry for that. Please don't let the anger of that keep you from a relationship with your Heavenly Father because that's what we do. We have this hard experience on earth with our own Father. And the idea of a father in heaven just doesn't compute for us. Don't let an imperfect example keep you from the perfect daddy. Who loves you and honors you and desires a relationship with you. That he might heal you. That he might heal you. Andrew Gillis wrote a poem called Confession to Father. Last night, my little boy confessed to me some childish wrong, and kneeling at my knee, he prayed with tears. Dear God, make me a man like Daddy, wise and strong. I know you can. Then he slept. I knelt beside his bed, confessed my sins and prayed with low bowed head. Oh God, make me a child like my child here, pure, guiltless, trusting thee with faith, sincere. Father, in the name of Jesus, we are thankful that we can call you Father. We really are. And we ask, oh God, that you would Walk alongside of us on our journey. You say that you will. And we thank you for that. Jesus be magnified in our lives. God, thank you for being the perfect daddy. Would you show us gently by your Spirit those things in our lives that we have gotten ourselves into as a specific result? of our anger or our bitterness or our hurt over our earthly father because those things always manifest themselves somehow they do they don't just go away and Lord that we would be strengthened enough and have the resolve to ask you to forgive us and the willingness to change we love you Lord we are imperfect beings and we thank you for your grace and we thank you for your mercy lord jesus that you would strengthen your people and that you would encourage your dads in this place and in this nation that there would be a revival of men who stand strong for your word for their families lord be with us today we need it and we thank you in advance in jesus name everyone said Amen.